And once they were in the chamber, how long did it take? Like a minute, five minutes. Ah, no. Classic acid took about 15 minutes. But the monoxide could take an hour, sometimes more. What happened to them? I mean, exactly. It was a mess. They would lose control of their bodies. They vomited, urinated, and defecated themselves. Even though the gas came in from the vents in the ceiling, they would climb on top of each other, desperately reaching for fresh air that wasn't there. They died in a mountain of themselves. What about the children? On the bottom. Did anyone ever survive it? One time, the gas didn't work. There was a leak in the pipes, so oxygen mixed with the monoxide. It was horrible. But after an hour, they were still moving, stumbling around the room like drunks, their eyes glassy. What did you do? I ordered more gas, but we didn't know about the leak. Soon they began to twitch all over, like they were dancing. Some even fell to their knees, laughing this terrible, high-pitched scream. Even the guards were frightened. It didn't kill them. After two hours, I sent five men in with rifles. You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Site, episode 274. And I'm your host, Lee. I was forging documents before your parents were born, Russell. And I am joined by my lovely co-hostess with the most is Lee. I used to chase girls. Now I chase old men. Hardy, how are you doing? Oh, my God. I was going to use that as my name. <laughs> 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 I'm, I am good. I am decent. I am happy yeah. to be here. That is, that is what I'm going to say. Yeah, you had, you had a night. So I had yeah. a night. I had a night. I'm done with my night. It's <laughs> over. It's one of those nights where you just start hating people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to say, um, anytime you see a server just smiling, like it's just, a, it seems like an unnatural smile. 
It's probably you're having a really shitty day, and they're just like, I just gotta smile through this. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> yeah. that was me today during my shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, we're talking some- about something slightly less uh, terrible, right? <laughs> no. This is more terrible. Yeah, no, this is, there's all kinds of terrible in this movie. And honestly, I've got some thoughts on what makes it even more terrible in, in a more real life kind of way. Um, but yeah, we're doing Apt Pupil from 1998, the uh, Brian Singer directed Stephen King adaptation. So that's going to be an interesting conversation because I this recent watch, I've seen it this third time I've seen it now in my life. I changed my opinions on a lot of stuff in this movie. Uh, so um, we're, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Um, but before we do that, uh, we can talk about what we watched in the last little while, if we have anything. Do you have anything? I have watched um, part of Back to the Future. Oh. I have watched part of Thanks for Smoking. <laughs> okay. Um, I have not been able to finish a movie, because every time I like start a movie, I just like get halfway through. I'm like, I am too tired for this. And <laughs> I just head to bed. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. okay. My issue is that like on my days off, um, I purchased the Bioshock collection, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite video games of all time. So I've been kind of just putting my spare time into that instead. So uh-huh. I've been bad. <laughs> it's just been <laughs> no, that's fine. That's that's perfectly good good way to get some stress off and <laughs> and also with your attention span it's better to have a video game where you're doing stuff all the time than it's to true. try to um, yeah ryan was making fun of me today because uh we we're watching the movie and i was um like on my phone i was like getting up going around and he's like are you watching the movie i'm like yeah yeah i'm totally watching the movie this is how i watch movies <laughs> yeah all right um I got a couple things I'll mention. So uh, first off, I have had another uh, movie night where I screen movies for a bunch of our mutual friends. And sometimes Lee gets to join, but usually she doesn't. Uh, that was a night. That was a night. That was also a night. God damn mm-hmm. it. <laughs> My gift is almost done for the week. So. <laughs> <laughs> we did, uh, we did uh, last night, we did uh, Zombie Holocaust and Robo Vampire two uh very good crap classics um zombie holocaust sounds familiar to you it's also called dr butcher md that's probably the better title zombie holocaust does not do it any justice because there's maybe like three zombies in it and there's no holocaust to speak of plenty of killings and stuff but there's no holocaust of any sort um (laughs) and in fact the zombies play a very small role in the movie uh it's more about cannibalism and a doctor doing experiments on people's brains and stuff like that um maybe that's called the holocaust i i don't know maybe that might be the connection yeah it might be actually you might be onto something there um because he is kind of like a nazi doctor in a way the, the, the sort of shit he's doing well, but uh, that bode well to our movie that we're watching tonight yeah a little bit um <laughs> but uh the best thing about that movie is it you know it it sort of drifts into the ridiculous once in a while and it's very 
uh, low budget uh, Italian horror films. So uh, a lot of good practical gore effects, but there's one dummy drop where this guy smashes out of like a three story window in a hospital down to the parking lot below. And it's an obvious dummy and that's fine. I don't care if dummy drops fine as long as it looks decent and it does look decent until he hits the ground and his arm pops off. <laughs> and they kept that in the film and they didn't have to either they could have cut like just as he hit the ground but they gave it the extra second and a half where the arm pops off and goes skidding out of frame so that and then when they get down to the guy's body to check on him or whatever arms back where it should be you know <laughs> so that's good uh robo vampire that that's another one with a really bad title it's like a i believe it's a filipino um movie and it's a robocop ripoff with traditional chinese asian vampires and if you're not familiar with what their vampires are like um they're hopping vampires so they're actually like these very stiff corpses that keep their arms up like that and the way they move is they hop i am not bullshitting you she's giving me a look right now like what is he he's trying he's trying to put one over on me here but are you okay we should watch it. I still get it on my. I still get it on my hard drive. So we should watch it. it just, we should watch it. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Full of action. It makes no sense at all. It's got drug dealers. It's got drug enforcement agents. It's got a RoboCop in it. One of the worst looking RoboCop ripoffs I've ever seen. But it's it's very enjoyable. <laughs> it's got a it's got a sexy uh, titty ghost witch. Um, who is married to one of the uh, vampires? Makes no sense, but it's it's crazy as fuck. With hopping vampires. <laughs> yeah, hopping vampires. <laughs> <laughs> she does not believe me. She's 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 fact checking now. I'm not I'm not fact checking. We're fine. We're fine. Okay. It's fine. All right. And the only other thing I'll mention, I guess, uh, I watched a new movie that popped up on Netflix uh, called uh, Emily the Criminal. And that is starring Aubrey Plaza from, I guess she's in that show, uh, Community or whatever the fuck it was. No, um, was it or, Oh, was it Parks and Recreation? Or, yeah, yeah one of those yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I didn't watch any of those shows, so I have no idea. But um, yeah, it's Alison Brie is in Community, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so Aubrey Plaza, she's pretty good I've, I've seen her and stuff and i've always kind of liked her um she's really good in this she basically plays this uh this young woman who's uh well, she's like 40 now so yeah a young woman who's um living in a you know kind of destitute like she's got a dead-end job she's got tons of bills she has to pay student loans she has to pay that she's just following behind on and she gets involved in a credit card scam well what she does is she goes goes out with these uh fake credit cards that are given to her that hold up to a certain level of scrutiny uh, where, you, you know, they'll, they'll pass, you'll generally pass the test if you go to a big department store or whatever and buy like a big TV or some shit and you and walk out with it. And cause they don't, they don't have to do a whole bunch of background checks or anything like that. So basically she's one of like several people who does pull off this scam where they go out to different stores in the area and they'll, they'll buy expensive appliances, electronics, stuff like that. They'll get sold and uh, they make money that way, right? The, the the person who's running the scam gives them money for going out and doing the shopping. And 
I thought it was pretty good. I think Aubrey Plaza has this unique kind of face. Like, I don't want to say resting bitch face because I kind of hate that term, but <laughs> she has she has a certain kind of face like that where she just always looks like she's fed up with everything. Like she's just <laughs> fed up with life. So it's like she it has really. Your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, if I look good as Aubrey Plaza, I'd probably be doing pretty well in life right now. But, um, but yeah, no, she she just has a good. She just has this convincing look of like I'm fed up with everything kind of thing, and she does it. Yeah, she does it in comedy. She does it in this drama, and it's a good little crime drama. It's a, uh, it's got some tension and stuff like that to it, uh, and you know, it, it doesn't have a bunch of like shootouts or anything like that. But it's it's still really really good. So um, quite enjoyed it. I, I recommend people check it out if they just want a nice little lazy crime film to watch on an afternoon or something like that. It's not, nothing super serious. Nothing that's gonna you know task your brain too much or anything like that. It's just got some good performances and it feels fairly realistic because. You know, it's it's the kind of crime that actually happens in this depressed economy where inflation's going up and capitalism is starting to fail big time, and people are really you know starting to struggle even worse than before. And so, it does kind of speak to current situation for yeah, for a lot of people. There's not like there's not really a middle class anymore. You know, it's. So it kind of does speak to that without being super preachy or anything like that either. So it's enjoyable. Hmm. Yeah. Steam. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back uh, after the break and talk about apt pupil. And I'll just put this little disclaimer to people uh, before we uh, come back. This is the most unusual party you've ever attended. These people are deliberately getting drunk with the later intention, once they're under the influence, of driving automobiles. How could you, Lee? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You are did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. <laughs> no one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Rude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you should be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history all yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally love this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it. But it was How did you watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. You ungodly warlock.
at Pupil from 1998, and we have a trailer. I want to hear about it. Hear about what? Everything. What? Everything. Everything they're afraid to show us in school. Far from the shadow of suspicion. Far from the scene of any crime. Todd Bowden has discovered a secret. If you could let me in for a minute, I just want to talk. Talk? I don't have anything to say to you, boy. You were there. You did those things. I'm an American. You've no right to come here and say these lies about me. I have your fingerprints. I have your photographs. What do you want? I want to hear about it. Everything. Between innocence and experience. To the whole world, I am a monster. And you have known about me all this time. Between curiosity. What did it feel like? And conscience. Lying to judges and reporters isn't as easy as you think. Can you do that? I know I can. Todd Bowden is about to learn a valuable lesson. I wonder if you'd mind if I ask you a personal question. Not at all. What'd you do during the war? <laughs> I know something about you. So many things can happen in between. Each knew something the other wanted to keep secret. The boys ready to come down to the cellar. You're not gonna believe this. If you don't believe in the existence of evil, you have a lot to learn. That was his name. He wanted to know everything. That was how he put it, yes. Everything. All right, so this is directed by Brian Singer, and we're going to get into Mr. Singer. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to not get into it quite yet. We'll 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 save it most of it for the actual uh, discussion of the film. But uh, people know him from The Usual Suspects. That was his big breakout film, uh, and then of course he's been known for um, kind of the superhero properties he's been involved with over the years. Uh, he's done the Superman Returns. He did uh, a couple of the X Men films, and uh, he recently did the um, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, film, which was the uh, Freddie Mercury biopic. Although there was uh, some controversy on that, where he basically got fired before the movie was finished, but he retained a directing credit because that's a director's guild thing that you have to abide by. This is written by Stephen King, uh, based you know based on his uh, novella from his uh, different different seasons book, which also has uh, the body which the stand was made of uh, made from, and uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, which Shawshank Redemption was made from. So uh, a lot of pedigree in that book. Script was done by Brandon Boyce, who the only other thing I've seen of his that he wrote was a uh, Venom from two thousand five, which which was a uh, horror movie with like, it was kind of like a 
post scream horror movie slasher movie sort of thing with like voodoo stuff in it and it was kind of weird I, I don't remember it being all that great he also did a little bit of acting apparently the most notable thing is he was in the teen wolf tv series for like six episodes or something like that so and of course this is starring ian mckellen as kurt nussender and also known as arthur denker in his assumed name here uh, and he's been in stuff like the keep uh the shadow Gods and Monsters. Of course, he is Gandalf in the Lords of the Ring and Hobbit films. And of course, he's also Magneto in the X-Men films. We got Brad Renfro as Todd Bowden. Uh, he was in stuff like The Client, Sleepers, Ghost World. Uh, unfortunately, died young, uh, had a lot of drug problems and uh, died in 2008, I believe it was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, David Schwimmer. You might know this guy as uh, Edward French. And of course, he's best known for, what is he, Ross and Friends or something like yep. that? Yeah, whatever. Uh, I, know, I know. I've seen like three episodes, whole episodes of Friends. Yeah, I, I never, I, I watched one episode. It's like, I'm done. Um, <laughs> but he was in, he was in the, uh, I think the HBO made, made for HBO movie Breast Men, which was like about the people invented like breast implants or whatever, or like the modern breast implant. Uh, and he was also in Band of Brothers, which was that really good, uh, uh miniseries about World War II that was, uh, pretty decent. He was pretty good in it too. So, uh, there you go. Uh, got Bruce Davison as Richard Bowden and he was an X-Men uh, and he was in shortcuts, most notable stuff, but he has a ton of credits. He, had, he has like 270 some credits or something like that. It's like crazy endowed as Monica Bowden. Uh, she's actually in hereditary. Uh, I think she's one of the cultists or something like that in hereditary. So okay. there we go. Yeah. Uh, James Making Karen. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting more connections here. James Karen is Victor Bowden. Uh, he was in Poltergeist, Return of the Living Dead, Mulholland Drive. We've covered him in uh, Hard Bodies 2, of all, all things, a really bad sequel uh, sex comedy to a, a decent sex comedy. So uh, <laughs> here, here's the man who's the reason for us doing this film. Uh, Elias Coteus uh, returning here is Archie, the uh, the homeless person, the very unfortunate homeless guy. And uh, we're going to have some discussion around his scenes as well, because that that's kind of the, the main thrust of my problems with this film. Uh, they've really irritated me this time around. Is it going to be something that I didn't notice the first time, and now you're going to make me notice it? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I actually want you. I actually want you as a sounding board for this. So see if I'm just totally off base with a lot of the things I'm, I'm thinking here on this watch. Joe Morton as Dan Richler. Uh, he was in Speed, Terminator Two, uh, Crossroads, Lone Star. We got Jan Triska as uh, Isaac uh, Weisskopf, Michael Bryan as Ben Kramer, Heather McComb as Becky Trask, and Joshua Jackson as Joey. And, of course, people know him from Dawson's Creek. That one, I kind of laughed because when I saw him, I'm like, no way. I haven't seen yeah. you in forever in anything. And I remember just seeing you in the advertisements for Dawson's Creek. Yeah, he, he popped up in some weird stuff like around that time. Like, so you know, everyone knows Dawson's Creek. Another big show he was in later on was Fringe on Fox, which was like kind of a post uh, X Files kind of conspiracy alien. Uh, actually, it wasn't aliens. It was uh, alternate universe show where there was like an alternate universe and they were dealing with it kind of thing. And I, I seem to recall it was pretty good. 
Then we have, uh, he was also in Cruel Intentions. The, yes, uh, that's the one mm-hmm. I was thinking of. Uh, he was in Urban Legend. Or is it Urban Legend or Urban Legends? I can't remember. It was the slasher film anyway. It was from a really 90s. bad movie. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one either. Um, I watched it and I... <laughs> It was one of those movies where I predicted the killer right from the get-go because mm-hmm. they try to make it all... I guess they try to add some hints to the beginning, but it was just obvious. Like, I don't know. It just felt very obvious to me. And she turned out to be a killer in real life, too. Real, really? Yeah, she got involved in, like, a hit-and-run incident or something like that. Got, like, manslaughter charges or some shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, ruined her career. That's probably why we haven't seen her in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really fucked Actually, her up. Actually, that is the reason why we see, haven't seen her anything. Well, she didn't go to jail or anything, I don't think. But, but I mean, it, no, but, but it, that's it, it a did. pretty big reason too. Yeah, but I mean, uh, some people in this film still apparently have a career, and they've done quite a few nasty things as well. Um, and we also saw him in Scream Two, and then he's got some other crimes. So, don't know. Um, got a synopsis here from Anthony Hughes on IMDb: A local high school boy. Todd Bowden discovers Nazi war criminal Kurt Dussunder hiding in his neighborhood under the assumed name Arthur Denker. Rather than turn uh, Dussunder over to the authorities, Todd makes a strange deal where Dussunder will tell him what it felt like during the Holocaust of World War II in exchange for Todd's silence. Todd becomes an apt pupil of the horror stories Dussunder tells, and the two enter into a bizarre relationship of mixed hate and friendship, culminating when Todd helps Dussunder cover up a vicious murder. So this is the first time watch for you, Lee. So I'm interested to see what you thought of this. Give me your general thoughts. So being that it's a Stephen King adaptation from mm-hmm. like this book, um, I kind of was expecting more. It just, Mm -hmm. it felt like something was missing. It felt like, because he's the kind of person who like digs in deep. When he digs into anything, he just goes in like real hard. Like there's no real boundaries for him when it comes to his imagination. He's just very, he can be cruel. Like he can Mm -hmm. be very cruel in his books and it's all uh, imagination stuff. Like it's all stuff where, uh, (laughs) like uh, I think the one of the books that I remember like specifically was Tommy Knockers with the one Mm -hmm. kid that, they lost. Oh yeah, the guess, description of him. Yeah, got sent. Got, got sent to an alien planet where there was no atmosphere. Air. Yeah. yeah. I think that in the book, like that description, it just that's what I expect. And when it comes to this, I was expecting the same thing. I was expecting like um, a really fucked up, disturbing, like something that was hard to watch. But it really wasn't that disturbing at all. Like it just, it was a disappointing when I. F- no, it's a Stephen King film, or yeah, it's a Stephen King story. I will, I will say you have really good instincts on that because this has changed quite drastically from the original story in several parts. So it is very, it is very toned down from what happens in the actual uh, book. Yeah, because I've read Stephen King books, like even the ones that are um, less enjoyed, still have gruesome details. Like mm-hmm. it's still. Uh, imaginatively terrifying Um, the story I thought was interesting it was an interesting story it was kind of cool or not cool but um, fascinating Mm -hmm. to get into some kid who's interested in somebody who was involved in the Holocaust on the wrong side, or I guess the bad side, mm-hmm. wrong side, um, yeah, the wrong side's better. I'd say both sides yeah. were bad, equally bad in different ways. Yeah. 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 The wrong side. And the one that did 
the experiments on the Jews. That was interesting about the movie, the actual story of this kid being interested in um, kind of a piece of shit human being. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of got me into the interest of like, maybe this is like a, a pre a, a kid who has like uh, oppositional defiant disorder, like that kind of stuff. Right. Cause he's mm -hmm. younger and he's like on his way to being like a psychopath. And you see some of the signs where he like kills the pigeon. And when the guy had, okay. I have to say about the movie, when they put the cat in the stove, mm -hmm. It for a second looked like a really bad fake cat, and I'm so happy it did. But I, I know it was a fake cat. I absolutely know it was a fake cat. But for that split second, it was very, very quick where it looked like a really bad fake cat. It mm -hmm. kind of made me happy because yeah. I know it would have been better had it not. But it just took a little bit of stress off me because seeing that in the first place, I was like, oh my god, what the fuck's happening? Mm -hmm. And the same. Um, so they did a good job with the cat, other than making it look fake for that little fake for that little tiny bit. I'm just happy it did because it like helped relieve my fucking heart. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the scene with the bird getting trapped and the basketball, I kind of like that because the music that they did and the angles that they used, even though the bird wasn't harmed, um, the way they recorded it, it looks like the bird was brutalized. And yeah. um, this is where you kind of see the signs of uh, psychopathy. This is where you kind of see signs of like something going on. I wouldn't say psychopathy because like they're more charming and he's mm -hmm. not as charming at the beginning, but at the end he kind of develops more of it. So I guess, yeah, yeah. He's starting to develop like the signs of psychopathy. Yeah. Um, the way they had the story at the end where you kind of discovered while one piece of shit dies, another one's been born. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of like how they tie it up the end. There was a part in the middle, though, it kind of lulled. Like, it is a long movie, yeah. and I was quite interested the whole uh, most of the time, but there was just this, like, 20 minutes, a half an hour where I just could not stay focused to it because I just, I don't know, I thought it was really boring. Like, it mm -hmm. didn't keep me, there was nothing really in the story, there was nothing really interesting. You didn't really talk about him being a Nazi that much. You didn't talk about the kid being, like, a fucking, turning into a fucking asshole. There, I think they could have dove more into this kid who's um, clearly has some mental health problems, dove more into that. Yeah. Uh, like kind of seen it more. Cause you barely saw it. Like it wasn't there. Like, I'm sorry. There was a homeless person who was in the, what's his face? The, the Nazis apartment. Mm -hmm. And the, the guy, the Nazi said like, Oh, he broke in or, Oh, it's self-defense. Well, I had, I been in the fucking basement and someone who elderly came in and told me that it was self-defense. I probably done the fucking same thing. Like there was nothing about it that seemed like extreme. I wouldn't probably kill the person, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Like you're in a situation where first of all, he locks you in a basement with this fucking person who's screaming and mm -hmm. you don't even know what's going on. And then um, you find out this person came in. So what the fuck do you think he's going to do? Like he's a teenager too. And teenagers don't have like the best control over their emotions. Like it's just something that like in your tw like early 20s, mid 20s is when you finally are able to because your brain's finally fully developed. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't think that was a good way of showing him becoming it was the end with the counselor that you can kind of show he was being conniving and like, right. brutal yeah so there were some mishaps in this movie but there was some uh good parts of the movie like like i said the story was interesting but unfortunately because it was a stephen king movie i was expecting more mm. uh i did like i did like the acting for um ian mckellen 
Yes, I couldn't yeah. remember his actor's name. I did like the acting for him. Okay, I I don't know why this bugs me so much, but I don't know why they couldn't have gotten a German. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It just it's one of those things. I know we always do it, and you see it all the time. But it's just one of those things where I'm like, there's so many people out there who actually have like the the accent who are from the the actual place and they actually have the the culture and the the mannerisms and everything and mm-hmm. um, we pick bigger stars that can just make it do the accent and I don't know for me it bugs me I know for other people don't care like especially if they do a good job then why should I be mad at it but I don't know I just it's just, yeah um, it's just like one step below like fucking painting your face a different color like it just I'm not claiming racism I'm just saying there's people who could do the job like yeah um and like for the record this film has been like there's been versions of this in development since about 1984 ish something like that that way that far back and every time the person that they had in in mind for casting was like a british actor or someone who wasn't german so like i don't know why it bugs me because there's like there's solid actors out there Mm -hmm. and it's it's not like we don't have the ability to find them but i think they tend to want to have that name attached well that's that's the thing that's what the studio does right so you come your director whatever you come with a script you you might have some great ideas for who you want to act in your film right like you 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 have a short list of people that you want to get you might want to get a german guy you might want you there might be a, a german actor that you know that you think would be great for the role but you submit that to like you know uh i can't remember who the hit what studio this came out for but like just 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 say for instance uh this was still made made around the time harvey weinstein was was still active you know <laughs> if you if you if you, came, if you came to harvey weinstein with a list of actors and said you know uh i want i want hans schultz uh, Gruben Crawford. He's a great actor. He'd he'd be great at this, and he would he would laugh you in the face. He'd be like, "No, we're getting Ian McKellen. We're getting one of our guys that people know that that can sell tick you know sell tickets and shit." And that's kind of how they always go with that. So um, it, it it is annoying, but it is a standard kind of Hollywood procedure kind of thing. I, I get it. I I totally get it. But like I, I don't know. Like I said, it's just that that just one step below like disrespect like it's just mm-hmm. only because like i said only because there's just so many people out there like even um uh people like christopher waltz like kind oh, of yeah. just christopher waltz. Yeah. yeah yeah he would be great he would have been great for this but although he yeah, was way too young back then <laughs> if, if they um, want to remake it now you could you could you could you could get away with christopher waltz i think i think he could do that Christoph, sorry. Uh, yeah, but uh, but this is what I mean. Like, there's other people out there. There's other actors out there. There's other like brilliant people from different countries, and it's just they're not the big names, or they're not from. I don't know. I don't know. It just bugs me. Mm-hmm. It's just one small thing. I I see it. Like, um, I love Tony Collette, and it drives me insane that she never has her own voice because right. of her, her own accent. Because all the parts that she plays normally, it wouldn't fucking matter if she she spoke in her like 
actual accent Mm -hmm. like it makes no difference whatsoever it's not like you need an american like you can literally have anybody play the part because they're just generic parts of like a person so why not just allow her to speak freely instead of having to hide her accent like i don't know i've talked about this they just don't want her going around saying didgeridoo all the time i mean I know I've talked about this before. It's just a small pet peeve of mine. It just, I, I just think like you could give so many opportunities to other actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are incredible amount of people out there who want to make it in the movie industry and can act. Unfortunately, unfortunately, money runs Hollywood, and when people yes. when people produce movies, they're making an investment, and they want to they want they don't want to hedge their bets on on unknowns. Like they're they're just they're like, oh, uh, this this up and coming actor wants to do this movie. What have they been in? Nothing. So we'll get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I And then there's the some that do take the risk on them, which I very much appreciate. You can always mm-hmm. tell in those movies because you'll see like actors that just pop out of the fucking blue where there's all these big names. And then the main person is like, oh, hey, I've never heard of this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate those. But uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. I don't know. It just, when I saw who it was like playing the German, the Nazi, German Nazi, I, I mean, like, you, you can just say German uh, person, you know. <laughs> Same I thing. wouldn't mention the Nazi no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. Okay, so the, like I said, this is the third time I've watched this film. And I really had problems with this film this time out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I kind of tangentially liked it and you know a lot of my problems beforehand were kind of the same ones you have where it's just like yeah this isn't the Stephen King story I read really like there's a lot missing like in, in the actual text of the of the story uh Todd he is much more obviously mentally disturbed he commits several murders over the course of the story the story also doesn't take place over like you know the course of a year it takes place over the course of like junior high school to senior high school so he's got like several years where he sort of learns under this nazi uh you know and get has his uh sort of that's yeah. another thing I was kind of missing. Uh, was there was no education really because all of a sudden at the end he he learned how to be the sly, like I'm going to manipulate people. But it really wasn't. It just like even his speech at the end. It was like okay, cool, I understand, but I don't see how he learned this from um, his Nazi friend. Like mm-hmm. it just I don't know. There was like just missed opportunities. Mm. Okay, so there's there's some uncomfortable stuff to talk about in this film. Um, it pertains to real life behind the scenes stuff. Okay, so I, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, Brian Singer has a very, very sordid past. Uh, he's had several allegations uh, thrown against him for sexual misconduct over the years in uh, the films he's been involved in. It also happened on this film. Now, uh, Brian Singer is an open bisexual man. He has a wife and a kid, but uh, he is bisexual. Um, And that's what makes this uncomfortable talking because I don't want to, like, you know, demonize bisexuality or anything like that. But But that's the thing. He's not bad because he's bisexual. He's bad because he's a person. Exactly. But it does play into there's been accusations of him being predatory towards young men, young actors. Um, 
if and there's so many things that set off triggers like warning flags in this film now watching it back this time that i i was kind of picking up a little the, the last time i'd seen the film but now i'm kind of like oh no like the way that uh singer kind of fetishizes todd's body in this film like this time it was very apparent to me how many like close-ups and 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 views of him shirtless and you have the shower scene that seems in retrospect to be there for brian singer and nobody else really like it because it's just a bunch of young boys in that shower a lot of butt shots um then you then it transitions to old men and older men who uh you know it's 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 todd like uh, kind of imagining like holocaust victims in the shower and those are much more naked. Like you see a little bit of dong from the side, a little bit of side dong at one point. And they're, they're much older. And it seems like there's this undercurrent of Nazism being a metaphor for homophobia in this film and like repressed homosexual urges, possibly from uh, both Dussender and Todd it starts to feel really uncomfortable because when I was watching it this time, the way they're shot, they're always very close to one another. They're often in the same frame together. Uh, There's a power dynamic between them that this time out felt really weird to me. It felt almost like groomer and victim. And Mm. there were some comments too, that were made that, um, I can't remember, but they said something about the relationship. Like, uh, you fuck me, I fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. I, I, I understand. I understand what they're trying to mean, but I was like, the wording was terribly chosen because mm-hmm. that could have easily switched around into something else where. I just, uh, I, I feel, I feel like, like I, I, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things like, you know, I, I always want to hear the person being accused, their side of things. And he mm-hmm. didn't get it. He didn't get charge for anything in this film like this film (laughs) yeah but he's had several instances now where he's been accused of stuff um he's been linked to uh hollywood parties where it was like exclusively like him and other people kind of inviting young boys and actors and stuff like that and it gets very uncomfortable and i'm at the point now where i'm i'm pretty much convinced that Brian Singer is a creep. Like he, he is some sort of predator predator of some sort. Um, and it just makes everything in this film just make, it makes me do a double take and, and rethink what I'm watching. And it just feels like he's creeping all through this film. Like his, his, his problems are creeping all through this film. It's, and it, it, it's gross. It, it makes me feel sick. It's funny that you bring that up. Like, it's funny that you say that because there were some points where I found uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I just thought the way they did it. I don't know. Just how they, uh, how it was done, the words that were said. Um, it was unnecessary to kind of like prove the point. So I found it uncomfortable, like just noticing small things. Mm-hmm. So knowing that 
kind of like uh, I, I, I think like really I, going through like mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. Like I, I, think, kind of, I, think, I agree with you. I think the big question is like, am I off base that there is like a homophobia is equal to Nazism kind of thing going on in the background here? Because I, I I really feel I, like there, it might be there. Felt that I I on it I thought saw the the link with that because. Um, when she was in the they were making out her him and the girlfriend they're the mm-hmm. potential I can't remember her name now but when they were to kind of together and he couldn't get hard that yeah. was kind of what I saw it as I thought it as like oh they're gonna be anti him because like he's not into girls and there were some other comments about um why won't you message her? Why won't you call her? Like that kind of stuff. So I didn't see a huge thing about it, but I did see something about like hinting mm-hmm. towards it. And then you get the Dustinger character who uh, later invites uh, Elias Katoas uh, into his home. And, you know, Elias Katoas is uh, um, the homeless guy. And he's very obviously bisexual at the very least um he he is he's not he has not been above like turning tricks for money and in food Mm -hmm. and shelter uh he's wearing a rainbow scarf i don't know if you noticed that yep i did okay um and it feels like again very much so that they're painting uh ian mccallan's character as a repressed homosexual self-loathing homosexual and equating some of that nazism as a result of that or in you know expressive of of that of that hatred and that and that self-loathing i didn't and, feel it too much with the homeless guy but then again mm-hmm. i the first time watch so i kind of i most likely missed certain things that you've seen because that's a big thing like when you watch some weird movie for the first time you kind of just see it as like mm-hmm. a general idea um that's kind of like the the whole perspective of like uh the top bottom and the bottom up like point of views mm-hmm. uh so in my case i kind of watch it where i'm seeing it for the first time so i'm just kind of seeing and then like slowly developing versus like you are like here's the information now i'm gonna look at it and um it'd be interesting to watch it again just to kind of see these perspectives that you are having like just to see if i had the same or if now i have a bias (laughs) but uh (laughs) but yeah i i kind of i noticed some things here and there i noticed some wordings i noticed i don't know it was um it's interesting to think like what you said too, like what you said about that. Cause like I said, there was moments where I was uncomfortable and I did mm-hmm. not know that. Um, and I didn't feel like it was needed in the movie. Yeah. So it was anything that it's, it's stuff that could still be done. Like you can absolutely still have um, the message being passed along without doing that, like a certain um like a, a director's standpoint you wouldn't have to do it that way you could do it in a different angle or do it in a different way to kind of prove that same point it just it just creeps me out i don't know like it uh, it kind of foreshadows to what maybe singer is going through in his own brain over his years of whatever he's been up to because i mean at the end there where todd threatens um yeah 
the the uh, guidance counselor uh you know i'll i'll say you tried to touch me inappropriately if you if you tell anybody what you know you know kind of thing like like it, it's very much you know blackmailing him with the threat of oh he's a pedophile you know that that kind of thing and it that again makes me very queasy because that seems too close to life that almost seems like something that might have happened to brian singer at some point like either you because apparently he's he did some uh in some of these cases some you know uh paid outside of court kind of thing to 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 shut people up oh my god like settlement yeah so oh man sexual assault is not a crime (laughs) that's a sad reality yeah Yeah. so Um, it's okay i'm gonna it's gross I'm going to take it on a, a different perspective here. Okay. Um, Ed French, the guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hilarious because, like, I think of uh, Ross every time I see um, what's his face, David Schwimmer. Mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed him as the guidance counselor because at the beginning, when you first hear his voice, he's brought up as this like loser, whatever, like fuckhead nerd person the that um the kid really hates like Mm. he's very has no respect for edward and uh like just the way that uh todd kind of describes him right like you Mm -hmm. automatically understand he has no respect for the guidance counselor yeah so when um edward comes into play like when we first meet ed uh he does that he does that well (laughs) i just Mm -hmm. kind of laughing i was like you know what this this is i always see this guy's friends but i can totally buy this like i can totally see this yeah i could totally see this as this uh black luster like kind of um he wears uh, he wears he wears pastel shirts and stuff like you know yeah like there's nothing about it then that's like over the top there's nothing about it but that's how uh todd sees him mm-hmm. and it's perfect like it's just per- like the description that you get as soon as i saw him as soon as i heard, saw, heard him talk um the guy cares like he he obviously cares he does, about yeah. all of his uh pupils but just how todd sees him and how they he was presented i was like i like that that was a good choice yeah. that i appreciate that i i think he did a good job at that i was surprised i was also surprised but i also thought um you kind of see that in friends too like he just played that character yeah so he, he, he uh, kinda, it worked he, out very well he kind of plays the same kind of guy like he is kind of like a universal screen dork no matter what role he plays it's always like the dorky version of that character that he's playing kind of thing so like even in band of brothers i seem to recall him being kind of like a a a dorky pushover kind of guy like a an officer who's ineffective or not respected as much kind of thing i'm I'm probably wrong about that but it's just the impression i seem to recall but, you know, he's good. Uh, there's like, I think all the actors in this are, are fine. Like the, the material that they do as much with the material as you can do. Um, I didn't think I th- anything was bad of the acting. Like no. everyone stood out to me as a bad actor. I thought everyone did a great job. I like, think I it's, think- I think it's the writing and I think it's the, the creep factor too. I, I, and I, I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think fucking they made a mistake taking out so much as King's story in this, like this could have used some more killings and stuff like that. And some more <laughs> shitty stuff. Right. I, 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 as much as I hate to say this, like I would have liked to seen, cause they talked about the stories, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But when the kid was having nightmares, um, I would have preferred if he kept having more of these nightmares that you kept seeing. Yeah. Cause I it would have added, especially being Stephen King, Stephen King, when it comes to his characters in this book, he's heartless. Like he's, mm-hmm. 
He doesn't give a fuck. He's very much um cool. There's a there's a child here, there's a teenager here, there's an animal here. Let's murder them. Like yeah, let's, let's he goes in hard. And yeah. that's why he's a good writer, because he's just fearless when it comes to um it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Like the idea is like you see animals this week. You see uh, children this week. You see women this week. He doesn't. He just goes in with a fucking heart. He just, just ah, go for it. He creates, he creates three dimensional people on a page. Like he gives you their backstory stuff and then kills him. And you know, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this again. It was that Tommy knocker scene with that mm-hmm. kid. Who, this, I read this book like in grade school. High school. It's one of his worst. That's one of his worst books too. And, but you you described the best scene in it though. The that the like the most effective scene that he's wearing. It's the the shirt that he's wearing. Sounds like kiss me something. Um, it's this shirt that makes you like feel for the kid, mm-hmm. and the kid gets stuck in a place where he's at, and like there's no atmosphere, and he's gasping for air, and it's a child, mm-hmm. and you just have this in your mind, like save the kid, save the kid, and that's that's literally what that's like. What and what? And what like, yeah, and what's worse is the little is his big brother wished him there just because mm-hmm. he was annoyed with him, and he didn't not wish them there it was the magician thing. Well, yeah, the mission. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. But I mean, same, same difference. So, like, there's the double horror there. There's also the horror of like he didn't intend to do that to his little brother, and now he's panicking because he's he's killing his little brother, basically, kind of thing. And, he killed know. his little brother. No, yeah, he survived the book. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he survived. I thought everyone died. <laughs> no, a lot of people died in it, but I seem to recall the the kid gets brought Again. back. But high still. school that yeah. I read it, um, like early high school that I read it, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, my attention span I only take in about maybe a quarter of what I read, not even that's, an eighth. That's, that's a big book, that's what though. I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like that part for me to like take in and remember, um, means that it, it's stuck. So, yeah, and and I mean, that was written around the same period a lot of this stuff that was in different seasons was written as well and this is this is and this is this is really prime mean king this is where he was still like a drug addict and, a, and an alcoholic uh, and like just hating life and being very cynical and nasty about everything so yeah they like but if you you go into any of his re- any of his books, any of them, even like the ones that um, were his least favorite. His writing is insanely descriptive. Like mm-hmm. Tommy Knockers, as much as you hate the book, when you read any of the deaths, any of the scenes, they're so descriptive. Like you can picture yeah. in your head. So when you watch the movie, and the movie is like, what the uh, fuck is this? Yeah, that like, movie it's sucks. Close, it's not even close to the book. Like I know you yeah. didn't like the book. I like the book, but again, I, I don't hate the book. I, it's fine. It's just. It's it's just not it's just not one of I don't think it's one of his good ones and and Kate no, agrees he he hates yeah. it. he doesn't think it's good at all but but again the description of things like the description of the death the description of the scenes the description mm-hmm. of everything it, it, they're gory they're detailed like the only part in this movie was the cat in the fireplace or sorry the stove that mm-hmm. really made me think Stephen King like really what you saw with the paws and the like the grasping and everything mm-hmm. and um, that was literally the only thing where I thought like Stephen King and the bird um, was kind of there but a little less it was a little toned down because like there wasn't that much there wasn't that much drama still really good but mm-hmm. wasn't that like that intensity? Um, do you want to know of, how? Do you want to know how the original story ends? I kind of want to read the book. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. So. All right, I won't. I won't spoil it then. Because 
I didn't even know this was a Stephen King book until like, like yeah, yeah. when I first picked it. I just I found out after I picked it. Mm. So, um, like I said before, it's it's different seasons. So it's also got, um, it's also got the you know the the the, uh, the body which is uh what stand by me became uh you know adapted to the movie stand by me and uh it's also got shawshank redemption in it too so they're they're short they're uh, shorter novellas all, all four of them all i can't remember what the other one is right off the top of my head but yeah i don't mind watching the movies before seeing or like reading the books because a lot of times the books have like a percentage of it that are close mm-hmm. okay you know what okay I know we're still on like Stephen King, but um, I started reading Cujo. Mm-hmm. I read the first page, and when they said the, the the dog was like putting his nose in the water, being like, "Oh, I'm gonna be a bad boy," I had to stop reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that, I was like, "I'm done." <laughs> that's that's the harrowing book. That's actually bawling my eyes out. <laughs> that's actually that's actually the first Stephen King book I read. The, my mother bought it for me when I was like maybe 11 or 12, something like that. That was the first one I ever read. I was like, what the ah! fuck? Ah! <laughs> what was the first one I read? I want to say Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Or no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, Christine. Christine. Okay. Christine or Tommy knockers. I can't remember. I can't remember what my first mm-hmm. one was. Um, I had, it's funny because the only Stephen K books I read were in high school and I own a ton because my mom keeps buying them for me. Again, it's a focus thing. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully I can get the sorted because I fucking have so many books I want to read. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm going to be reading books that I, th- I thought were amazing and I'm going to be like, oh, these are garbage. Uh, that's fine. Because <laughs> I only remember the parts that got me interested. Like, that was the only parts that were like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyways, back to the movie. Yeah. Uh, totally lacked a Stephen King flair because even I know um, Stephen King hated The Shining mm-hmm. there was this creepiness about it there was this uh, like captivating scenes where everything just uh, went for so long where it made you uncomfortable but it was so good and that's what Stephen King is and it didn't matter who you were what you were what was going on um, you were uh, someone who could get trapped in any of these things like it didn't matter Mm -hmm. who cares so that's what is a massive thing for me that it's missing and then um just uh, there's missing parts with uh the kid the kid very quickly uh i don't know i just i don't even see it it's just all of a sudden you kind of kind of see it and then you see him who gets caught at the end with the the homeless guy in the basement and then his graduation happens like i i just Mm -hmm. felt I, there was so much that was there where there was such a long movie. Yeah, it should have been a more. Long period of like nothing happening that we well, could have removed that entirely. Yeah, the the problem is they try to instead of going the sort of central route that Stephen King's actual story goes, they try to make this into like a Hitchcockian thriller where they're both trying to like one up one another and like you know there, there's like a switch of their power dynamic throughout the whole thing but and even it's then, it's not interesting though because there's no, no. real tension it, it's yeah, very then, it just it's it's you could have let it on more like you could mm-hmm. this the, the guy could have told more stories like more intense stories like more like he's like i could tell you this story i could tell you that story like yes 
tell me these stories because I'm watching a fucking movie that's supposed to be like fucking creepy as shit and hard to watch. And it's not. It's and yeah, and it's instead, instead, it's Ian McKellen threatening to, I'll tell your parents about your grades. Like what? Like shut up. Like I thought it was really cool when he played the grandfather. That was really smart. That was yeah. kind of a cool part. And I'm like, oh hey, maybe it's going to be more of this like fucked up shit where the guy's going to be like, I'm going to tell you everything because I have you like in a, a hold where you're fucked if anything mm-hmm. happens to me. And then he's like, oh yeah, by the way, if I die. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was going to be more. I thought he was going to like load on. I don't know. There was just there was it was there. There was a good story there. It was mm-hmm. not the director's story. It was somebody else's story. I'm just going to remind that. So, and the director literally had like a golden fucking ticket given to him with a storyline that was mm-hmm. just incredibly clever. Like to have a kid kind of uh, unlock his psychopathy with somebody else who's absolutely a psychopath yeah would have been incredible like if they did it properly but it just was not shocking enough for me there was not enough like like value or anything that was really um over the top like holy fuck what the fuck's happening like it just Mm -hmm. Just you're talking about fucking Nazis. Like I yeah. know I'm going in. I'm I'm supposed to go in uncomfortable. I know I'm going in uncomfortable. I'm expecting to feel like dirty after I watch this movie, and it wasn't there. Yeah, uh, I, I do feel dirty after watching this movie, but it's for all the wrong fucking reasons, and that's the big problem. Yeah, you and, use this direct yeah. reasons, not and uh, and I just I hate I hate what. You know, every, I, I hate this movie now. I honestly hate this movie now. So um, and it's also, have, it's all, sorry. I also just, I'm just going to finish one point. Um, I also just feel like it's shot very dull. Like it, it looks like a direct to video movie from the 1990s with very little, like, good camera work or anything. Like everything's just flat to me. And I was going to, okay. I was going to comment on that. Like visually mm-hmm. it's a, a kind of a boring movie to watch. There's nothing mm-hmm. like the storyline is interesting, but um, everything else when it comes to editing and scenery and lighting and camera angles and all the rest of the stuff that everybody else does was not there. Could have been a TV movie from the 1990s. The sound was amazing. Um, like the music that they used for scenes mm-hmm. to kind of like intensify the situation, they, that was picked well. That was done well. So yeah. I will give credit to that uh, part. But that's it. Everything mm-hmm. else, um, I'm kind of disappointed. I don't know. Um, like I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Unfortunately, now that you've told me the rest of the shit, it kind of like throws me off a bit. Yeah. But I'm going to pretend like I'm going to play ignorant on this and go by like based by first judgment. I like the movie. It wasn't, I would give it like if it was giving it a, a, a out of 10, it would be like a 6.5. It wasn't yeah. something, it's like a C. Plus. Like it wasn't something that um, I hated. It wasn't something that was boring me. It was something that did keep me entertained. And there was a little bit of lull in the bit, but still for two hours, I did stay interested most of the time. Mm hmm. But um, that's kind of where it's set for me. The first couple of times I watched this, you know. Oh, okay. So, um, so we're we're on we're on very much on par on that. I kind of want to bring up a point because you brought it up, mm-hmm. but um, this is just like a, a, a massive awareness thing. But 
the director being that it's male, bisexual, whatever. And like mm-hmm. you said, it doesn't matter. It's just him being a fuck ass is entirely different than him being bisexual. Like those yeah. are two different things. Um, like they're correlations, not causations. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to males and reporting sexual assault, uh, they are not taken seriously at all. Right. So I can see why he has not been charged with anything more serious than like other uh, famous people that we've heard of when it comes to females because mm-hmm. unfortunately it happens more to females so it makes sense but with males it's just not taken nearly as seriously it's taken as a well you can't get raped you're a boy yeah. so awareness for everybody like listen to your friends fucking be there for people like (laughs) i just i just want to make that known like it's just it's one of those moments where you mentioned it i did not realize it and Mm -hmm. i i kind of hate that this happens and unfortunately a lot of hollywood is a pirate dynamic um oh my god i can't remember his name now the one who went crazy give me a second um do you mean kevin spacey no, Kevin's, oh. Kevin Spacey is a, a good example of like someone coming forward finally and everyone kind of just pushing it back. Like, I know he got in trouble for it, but it was just hearing people around me and hearing the media about it wasn't mm. that big. Like, it, it was there and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, is it an actor you're thinking of? I'm thinking of an actor uh, in Bridgella of Blood. What's his name? Um, Corey Feldman? Ray Feldman. Yeah. Great example because he was he was uh talking about being sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And him and um Corey Haim. Was it him? No, it was the other guy's brother. Was it Corey Haim? Oh, I was just I was just thinking Corey Haim also. Yeah, and you know, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman did a bunch of movies together and they both kind of had their problems with Hollywood and being abused and stuff like that. So um uh, Phoenix. What's his uh, for, uh, River River Phoenix. River Phoenix. Um, they were talking because River Phoenix had passed away from like I think it was a uh, overdose, drug overdose, mm-hmm, yeah. at a very 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 young age. And Corey Feldman was trying to like explain this guy was going fucking crazy because everything was happening to him, mm-hmm. and nobody listened to them. And now like, Corey Feldman is just unfortunately like um, entirely fucked up, like mentally yeah. fucked up. And a big thing was because he dealt with a lot of goddamn abuse and he talks about it and he's trying to open up about it and no one took him seriously. So, um, someone as a female that take it a little bit more seriously because like, Oh, you're a female getting abused. Like the people who do believe you are like, Oh yes, you got raped. When it comes to males they're like, how can you get raped? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a tire. Like there's this, um, disconnect and so so unfortunate so every time i get the opportunity to talk about it i'm going to talk about it because uh unfortunately what happened to him happens to a lot of females like in the past where they didn't listen to females now we're being listened to but we have to listen to males as well yeah yeah no that's all i have gonna say (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's let's get off let's get off uh this um Budget for this was fourteen million. Only made eight point nine million uh, domestically, so it was a failure. Um, which I don't feel bad about, honestly. Like honestly, at this point, I'm like, we can bury this movie. Now that um, I know what you told me, I don't feel bad at it. You can get it everywhere though: uh, Blu-ray, DVD, iTunes, Google Play, Microsoft Store, Amazon Prime, and Vudu. We have a little bit of trivia here. 
Uh, like I mentioned, there'd been talk of a movie version of this since about 1984. Uh, James Mason agreed to play Kurt, but died from a heart attack before filming could begin. Richard Burton uh, was considered as his replacement, but he died of cerebral hemorrhage before he could accept the part. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. Both of these men were old and sick, though. Like it's, 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 you know, it's unfortunate, but it, it was, it was kind of in the cards. Uh, the oh, first you don't know. It could be that, that curse of, uh, oh, yeah. Relationship versus causation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first attempt of this film uh, to, sh- to actually like film this was in 1987, but it ro- ran over budget and was stopped after six weeks of shooting. Um, and only 10 days of filming remained. According to Stephen King, who saw a rough cut of three quarters of the movie, said it was really good. Uh, it starred Ricky Schroeder uh, as Todd Bowden and Nicol Williamson as Kurt Dussender. Uh, again, another British guy. He's either British or Australian. I can't remember. I think he's I think he was British um, as Kurt Dussender and it was directed by Alan Bridges. But uh, yeah, so they finally got around to making this um, just just to uh, y- you know what? We, we talked about all the all the allegations and stuff. I'm not going to go into details and in that. It's just it's gross. Um, but, you know, there, if you want to go to the IMDb trivia and read about this stuff, it's all in there. And it's also <laughs> on uh, also on the Wikipedia page, too. So if you if you <laughs> if you want to see this shit, it's it's it's, it's in f- very, very detail, very various de- levels of detail about the various shit he's done. Apparently. <laughs> it's um, it's always funny because it's the people in power. That is that is the bigger causation. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. who they are, what their orientation is. It's the people in fucking power. Yeah. tend to uh, take advantage of those who are trying to make it or get there or do it mm-hmm. in that situation of vulnerability. So, fuck all y'all. <laughs> yeah. And I won't read this last one because this is actually this actually just gives away the uh, novella and, and we don't want to spoil that for you. So, uh, yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, I get to pick the next movie. Yes, you do. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, I, I want to. We didn't get to talk about it that much. Um, uh, so the guy that I picked, uh, I just want to say his part as uh, playing the homeless person. I, I think he's amazing. I, I, don't know mm-hmm. I, I, I forgot. To, I totally forgot to mention it. And that's like the whole purpose we watched this movie because I was like, oh yeah, let's pick this actor. It's everything. Uh, like I said, the acting. Nothing was bad about the acting. I just he came in and it was just this kind of. Uh, it, it brought me back into the movie, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's hit with him. Like, doesn't matter what part he has, no matter how minor it is, he's really good at just captivating you with the small part that he has. And it's just unfortunate that he doesn't get bigger roles when it comes right. to these kind of things because he is ridiculously good at doing what he does he's and a, I love is, it. yeah he's excellent he's he's i've never seen him in anything where i didn't like him um mm. so and, even if it's a bad movie he's still really good i mm. uh, should also mention uh i think it's michael bryan as ben kramer who's the uh the the holocaust survivor who recognizes ian mckellen's yeah. character oh my god yes yeah, i forgot to mention that he's that really part good had me in tears that's that's like legit the best scene in the movie, I think. That is that part when he all he's just kind of resting and me like, oh hey, I'm gonna talk to you about like that's your grandfather, ha ha. Mm-hmm. And then he looks over and he just like has that moment where he realizes like his brain just triggers him back into it. Mm-hmm. 
holy shit did that ever like fucking suck my soul like mm-hmm. it's 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 a great fucking performance the, i i the the nurse i know she was just kind of just an extra like she wasn't even there but her reaction too to hold him and like take care of him like this scene's welled up both of them i like how he's he's hugging her and he's crying and at the same time that he's crying he's biting down on his finger too yeah yeah, it's. Did he have the tattoo on his wrist, or? I'm pretty. I, sh- I'm pretty sure he did. I, I might be remembering I didn't see him it like properly, but the quality, the the movie that I had didn't have the right quality, so I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they showed the wrist specifically, so I assume that there was. Um, but yeah, I I want to give props to the nurse because I know she won't get a lot of props for that, but her reaction and how she reacted too, like that was that scene was so well done because both of them were very good like both mm. of them like her uh empathy you see it where she's just holding him trying to calm him down so yeah. i want to give props like him especially but her i want to give her props yeah no uh, r- really good stuff um but yeah uh so i get to pick the next movie um yes, you and i'm going to go with I think the obvious uh, choice of an actor this time out i'm not going super interesting with the actor ian mckellen so we're going to do an Ian McKellen film. We're going to go straight Lord of the Rings to the whole no, series. No, we're not doing Lord of the <laughs> Fuck that shit. Uh, we're going to do a uh, film that people have kind of forgotten from the 1990s, The Shadow. Ooh. The Alec Baldwin, hey, let's play this 1930s superhero and, and do it in the 90s. And yeah, we're going to do that. I, uh, I do hope it is better than the picks we have done. I'm going to put that because well, nothing has been blow my mind like, oh my god, this movie's amazing. This has been like, I'm going to critique this movie quite <laughs> thoroughly. Uh, and we're going to have uh, we're going to have a special guest on that episode too. Uh, we're going to have a returning guest uh, Matt Anderson, who was last with us on Ooh. the uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, movie. That was but a while ago. That was quite a while ago. But uh, he is he is a comic book writer and he is a comic book nerd. So I felt like and he has actually talked about this movie before on another podcast. So I felt like he was kind of the perfect uh, guy for this and just been wanting to get him back. So finally found a movie that felt appropriate to get him back for, too. So I'm excited. This will be good. Well, it's not going to be next weekend, though. Uh, That's the thing. Uh, It's going to be later in the month because the next episode we're officially doing, we're having returning host Daniel back. um, uh, And we are going to be doing a little Albert Pune uh, special tribute episode where we're going to be doing two movies. We're going to be doing The Sword and the Sorceress or the sword and the sorcerer i can't remember the fucking title of the movie right now and uh Spyborg. so i'm cool. i'm excited to have him back too uh mm-hmm. that's that's uh it's those moments where I, every time he comes back i always think like holy shit like i was a guest on this uh podcast mm-hmm. what i think it's two years ago now over two years ago now yeah and um it's that moment where i'm like Oh my god, I, I like subbed in while he does his like badass podcast. Yeah, but so, yeah, by the way, if, if you want to actually like get deeper into Nazis and shit like that, yeah. you can always just go to I Don't Speak German where they're covering right wing nut jobs and legit Nazis every week. Yeah. And, yeah. So like it's 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 kind of one of those things where I uh I felt like I was like, holy shit, like this is this is the perfect time for me to come in. Like he he can focus on his work that does like such badass shit. Like he's just I have so much respect for that guy. Like he's mm-hmm. so fucking cool. 
Yeah, love them. Um, okay, but uh, yeah. So, Lady Lee, where can people find you on the interwebs? At Mighty Tiny All Star on Instagram, where I will post you uh, updates on whatever shows up on this podcast. If Lee sends me the picture to do so, because that means I got the green light to do so. That was a that's read. Right. That's right. That's 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 what I uh, that's what I do. I I tell her when to when to come and when to go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. No. Um. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> uh. But yeah. Maybe you're it, gonna be solo for the rest of the goddamn podcast. <laughs> Not really. I have a talent for talking women out of my life, I guess. Um, and we are, they must be destroyed on site. TMBDOS.podbean.com, where you can find all our other stuff. Uh, Facebook group. What? You know what's hilarious? Uh, every time that we guest host on, on a different podcast, which has happened where I have been solo as well, every time it comes to introducing uh, like where you can find us, I freeze. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to pa- practice it. I just need to practice it one day in the mirror and be like, oh, hey, I got the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, tmbds.podbean.com and the Facebook group. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook. That's the best way to get in touch with us and actually, you know, interact with us. Oh, excuse me. And um, tell us, us how awesome we are. Yeah. Well, at least Lady Lee. She's <laughs> super awesome. Um, uh, Mr. Manly is also awesome. You, you flatter me, but uh, you know, with your with your lies. Just, um, just do Lee squared, and we'll understand. Lee squared, yeah. There we go. Uh, but yeah. Um, until then, thank you, Lady Lee, and thank you all for listening. Oh no, wait, we got one more thing. Ah! I I almost fucking forgot. I almost fucking forgot. We got feedback. Uh, from uh, so Vaughn, he's been on the show many a time. Uh, our friend Vaughn from over at uh, Motion Picture Massacre, and he has <laughs> a much truth. <laughs> and he he has he has a friend called Wayne that I'm a little less fond of fond of, but uh, Wayne sent some feedback to us, so I'm going to play that right now. So uh, how you doing there, Mister? They must be destroyed on site. Uh, this is, uh, Wayne. Hi, 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 hi. So I've been listening, you know, uh, I'm a fan occasionally. Um, but, uh, yeah. So your last couple episodes, you really kind of disappointed me with your opinions on brain scan and dead Ed and his dead mother. Um, which first, first off, if you want a film, that's kind of what you're looking for with Ed and the dead mother, you're kind of a film where the, the son has to cover up and help the mother, um, because she's kind of transformed into something not as wholesome as she used to be. You should check out a film from 91 called Mom. Uh, your friend Vaughn loves it to death, and it's you know a really underrated classic. Uh, but the, your opinions on those two films, like Brain Scan, it, it's a it's a it's a great little film. It's 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 it's. I understand you had Ed for a long thing. I really kind of like, eh, but if you look back at it and you see how much pressure that poor fucking kid was under. 
after making T2 to kind of be this uh, fucking uh, headlining star. You can understand why he whiffed at this, but the concept itself is a great thing. I understand it, it feels like it's someone's take on the Freddy Krueger thing. It is, um, but I like it a lot more than most of the Freddy Krueger films. Like, you know, I understand. Like Nightmare on Elm Street, great film. The rest of them are all trash up until New Nightmare. And it's just like, ugh. And I understand a lot of people love um, Friday Friday 2 and Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but I think it's crap. Regardless of the whole homoerotic stuff that's in there, I think it's a garbage film and it's it's terrible. Um, with Ed and the Dead Mother, I think it's a great kind of um, rumina machinations on the conflict between son and mother, you know, and that kind of whole thing. And mom does that too. Um, but yeah, and another thing is like, I don't care about the political stuff. You guys can be political all you want. Who gives a shit? But why are we talking about Kevin Sorbo? He's a piece of shit. There's no reason to bring up his name. You know, there's no reason to have it come out of your tongue. And nothing like Lee, you know, the, the woman, uh, maybe hold back on some things. So you're a little too uh, uh, open. Like, I don't want to know when you fucking lost your virginity, no offense. But, like, I don't, like, ugh, I don't care. Like, uh, just like, ugh. uh, You know, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll go kill myself. I'll, you know, I, I can't go kill you selves because you guys live out in the fucking tundras of Canada. You're already freezing half to death as is. Who cares? You know, ice fishing and fucking moose fucking and all that shit. Um, but, yeah, uh, I hope this gets to you well. And, uh, you know, maybe you should have my friend Vaughn on the show every once in a blue moon. He does have some smarts uh, and some opinions. I understand you're trying to get him, but, you know, December is kind of a fucking shit month for him. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, keep listening. And to be honest, you guys did probably one of the better Mustachio podcast you episodes in forever. Because that fucking guy, Daniel, oh, what a piece of fucking hot trash. Uh, garbage. All right. Goodbye. I, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend us uh, on uh, brain scan because we both said that we enjoyed the movie. Yeah, so <laughs> we just didn't enjoy it as much as uh, Wayne apparently did. And yeah, so, there yeah, was but, parts where we were, and it was nothing against um, Edward Furlong either. No, <clears throat> uh, it's, uh, the the information she brings up though, like that's really unfortunate, and it kind of goes on with like what we were saying earlier. Um, but mm. like the pressure for like a lot of younger stars is unfortunate because they deal with a lot of shit. Like no matter what it is, like they deal with a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah, but no, I had nothing against him. It was just uh, part of the storyline that like did not captivate us. But no, I enjoyed Brain Scan a lot more than uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, and just for the record, we all like Daniel Segura over here. I know, I know Wayne has some sort of issue with him, but uh, but uh, but all, but I know uh, Vaughn and Daniel like to ball bust each other too. Like they have a little feud going on over over the podcast they guest on, whether it be their own podcasts, you know, each other's podcasts, whatever. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so they 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 drug their blood war over onto our podcast. Now that's good. I like it. <laughs> But yeah, um, everything else I'll take into consideration. Yes, <laughs> she, uh, you know, uh, Lady Lee will perhaps refrain from talking about the the the, the second time she lost her virginity or whatever. I don't know. I don't even remember what episode it was. I don't know. I, I <laughs> actually, I, I think I, it was. I think it was actually on. It might, might have been on the Mustachioed Podcast. You, I don't know. 
Maybe. Because we, we, we did know. talk a lot about sex on that episode. Maybe. I feel yeah. like I just get drunk on these episodes and I just start fucking blurting shit out. That's what I've been doing for... Apologies. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I've been doing for like the oh, nine years I've been doing this. So, you yeah, know, that's fine. Uh, I'll refer yeah. myself. But, but thank you, Wayne. Say hi to Vaughn for us. We'll get Vaughn back on the podcast uh, sooner than later. He is a b- busy man in December. Uh, he does he work. Can, f- what? If he can deal with my random, I'm going to give you some information. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Vaughn is a is a busy man. He, he is a. Uh, uh, postal worker in the U.S. in December. Oh, geez. So, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Huge respect for you. <laughs> I have uh, my my ex uh, works for ex- like he's a delivery driver, um, and Christmas is just insane and mm. the angriest people and the most bullshitty stuff. So, absolutely huge respect for anybody, everybody who works postal right now, because holy crap! Like, as a customer service person in general, like when I worked at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. I dealt with a lot of shit where people like it said it was going to come yesterday. Mm. <laughs> okay. It's the busiest time of the year. It might be a mistake and they might be delayed and there might be anything. The truck could have gotten to an accident or been fucking crashed or a mechanical error could have happened or something could have happened where like it didn't get picked up when it was supposed to get picked up. Mm-hmm. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. So yes, all my postal workers, I could deal with like, secondhand like minimal amount of what you deal with mass mass respect for all of you during the holiday season because mm. wow do people turn into fucking assholes yeah it's good good thing good thing Vaughn was already an asshole so it's it you know he he's, he's ready to deal with it we love you Vaughn <laughs> okay we're getting, we're getting out of here we're, we're before we make any enemies or anything like that so uh, uh, cheers
you've been listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through. Thank you.